Fuck, I already messed it up. Wow, like it, you actually sound like you have a podcast voice. I don't know if I should fight you or thank you. I'm really happy. I'm also I'm drunk. I've been this drunk for a, one of these episodes in a very long time. Nice. Let's ride this out. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll carry us and throw you in there. Don't worry about it. We're That's good. That's totally fine. Um, we were so Sean's <clears throat> Sean's coworkers has like Maine Coon farm cats or whatever. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. So um, they're supposed to be having. They I mean they have litters of kittens all the fucking time, but they normally have like uh, like at least two litters during mm-hmm. like September or so. So. It's looking like either we're gonna like adopt, yeah, whatever, or we're gonna get two Maine Coon kittens. Uh huh. And I'm so fucking excited. That would oh, be pretty sweet. Are you playing fetch right now? I am actually. I <laughs> yeah. speaking of cats and their awesome tendencies. Oh, I think cats are so cool. April doesn't like cats. Oh my god! <laughs> I like cats. You just would never want to live with one. That's, that's a true. that's not unreasonable. Like she says also just, also not unreasonable. He says also not unreasonable. Thank you. Absolutely. Hi, this is a little what the podcast oh. where we <laughs> talk about whatever we want most of the time. We talk about <laughs> Andrew, things and book adjacent things. Yeah, we talk about things books. Uh, we talk about things and book adjacent things. I'm Andrew Klima. I'm Danny Burford. Also, I would like to point out that even though I I fuck up the intro to lit lit almost every time. That was a substantial fuck up. Oh no, I have no. I I I hadn't even thought about what our normal intro was before I started talking. I probably should have actually prepped myself a little bit. No, but no, this no. is little lit where we talk about book adjacent things often because we just read a book called "Who Fears Death" by uh, Nettie Okorafor, um, and we did want to briefly talk, I guess, about uh, how easy it is to just read white male authors and uh, whenever yeah. whenever you go around um <clears throat> and like to be very clear uh, this is not going to be a podcast where we um go through all of the ways in which we are uh, incredibly well versed in uh, other types of literature and show yeah. all the reasons why you should be very impressed by us um this is just going to be a analysis I, you shouldn't be impressed with us at all no not at all in any way shape or form yeah. um but like this is more going to be about uh, the ways to kind of read books um, that you wouldn't normally read. And also the ways to kind of realize that you are reading the same things over and over again, or at least from the same types of people. Yeah. Um, how to get is, out of your rut. Yeah. How to get out of your rut. And, and this is by no means a, like this, this is, this is more about um, what, about, about being uh, well, well versed and multifaceted as opposed, as opposed to saying that you should read this or you should read that. This is and, more just to kind of open people's, uh, uh, paths up a little bit. And also it's a way that, that I think that we've kind of opened our eyes to of understanding that the books that are kind of put at the front of the bookstore or that the things that are brought to the forefront of popularity mm-hmm. aren't, are, um, leaning towards, Either white authors or white male authors, white, and, white straight male authors, white cis yes. male, oh yeah, authors like yeah. There, there's like like there's yeah. We're, we're talking about the kind. We're talking about the ways to avoid just 
<laughs> reading those same types of things over and over again uh, and, and actually brought like broadening your horizons a little bit not any kind of amazing like wow we did this way no. um but more just lo- about like some tips for this because like it's very easy to fall in these patterns like um i, I can easily start this off like i read a lot of genre fiction i read a lot of um, noir I, I read a lot of fantasy i'll read some fi- sci-fi i'll read some straight mystery um and you know, obviously, with our uh, reading of Bear to You this year, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily into the romantic field as well. Uh, but like, uh, these are these are like genre fictions are uh, genre fiction is often dominated by white men. Um, but like the most uh, Im- important authors from most of them, um, mysteries uh, and romance, I would say, are the are the main exceptions yeah. uh, for, for this. Women have a lot of power, or at least more power in those uh, genres than others. But I think it's also interesting to note that like romance isn't taken seriously. Yeah, well, or... yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with it already. Like rom- yeah, yeah ro- as you say, romance is not taken seriously enough, and mis- and mysteries um are still like kind of even if there is an in for women there that they wouldn't have otherwise doesn't mean they're not discriminated against in terms of pay scale or availability or promotion or anything like that i would like to point out and this is something that i just a a connection that i just made right now Mm -hmm. that this kind of goes into the whole like sex stigma that we talked about very briefly um (laughs) on lit lit in who fears death yeah yes and in our who fears death episode yeah um where like women writing erotic fiction is seen yeah. as like you like what you like what are you doing it's like, scandalized blah, blah, blah. yeah yeah it, it, it's it, it's it's just seen as like a ooh we can avoid that because it's icky in some way and and, and also oh it's not serious enough because they're just doing this yeah, yeah. and I th- I think that that kind of brings up the point that like women apparently like don't like sex or women apparently like <laughs> like liking sex is like scandalous and you're not supposed to say anything and yeah. one and one thing that i i want to say is that there's a really awesome documentary series on netflix which is called hot girls wanted um which i great know title. Laugh. no great title it's all about the porn industry mm-hmm. and it's a fucking great docu-series mm-hmm. the first episode is about a female um director of porn mm-hmm. and her whole um industry and all of her movies and stuff are about uh female fantasies so she has her viewers write in fantasies mm-hmm. and then she brings them to life and she shows you like how she does it and everything like that i'm totally blanking on her name but her last name and pre love, whatever. It's a documentary they can find a pretty yeah. easy enough. Um, but uh, it is really, really eye opening to that aspect. I mean, she talks about different women. She does talk about women authors, and she talks about like um, the ro- like romantics and stuff and books and stuff. Anyway, uh-huh. as a way, as a way to talk about sex and books <laughs> yeah. and talk about how it's trivialized. I told you that you were going to be the one leading this episode, and I was oh, like, yeah, "Hey, you guys, we'll talk about porn for a second. <laughs> Let me let me sit my post Malone wine and talk to you about porn for a minute. Yeah, that's that's definitely the kind of porn I want to talk about. They really get you, you know. (laughs) But I mean, like, I think the easy place to start with this is is obviously just like classics, or or what are what are what are roundly considered classics. And uh, yeah, I I I can think of mm, what I read. I maybe I read Maya Angelou in high school, and that literally might be the only person of color or female author I read. 
I read Dick, uh, no, for, for like for my like sophomore year English oh, gotcha, class or gotcha, something gotcha. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <clears throat> I read, um, you know, obviously Shakespeare, um, Dickens, uh, Red Fox for Algonon, which I know we've talked about uh, in yeah. the past. Um, like a, a bunch of, a bunch of like the things that you would think that you would, you would see on all, on all these, like, you know, uh, required reading courses and like summer reading, uh, papers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the genre, uh, by, the, by nature of the fact that we have a male dominated society and, and obviously a white dominated society is that you get a lot of those authors there. Yeah. Um, like you know, those are, those are the people and, and, and the ones that do break through um, are almost always seen as encompassing the entirety of what, uh, of whoever writes them. So like if you sure. read, if, if you read uh, their eyes were watching God, for example, or something yeah. like that, then, then loving like, Oh, oh yeah, for, absolutely. Like any, any, any Toni Morrison. Like, yeah. if you, like there, there are there are definitely like classics uh, from other authors that 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 make their way into curriculum. Um, and I don't mean that in any negative way, obviously. Um, but the problem is that then they are seen as uh, representative of everything, whereas like you have you know seventy five, eighty, ninety percent of 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 your books being driven by white authors who are talking about are talking yeah. about whatever they want. I think it's the difference of like talking about genre versus talking about race genre. Where like oh, for sure. where you have like all of these white authors who can write in any form of genre, whereas you yes. have like any like like POC authors who are then like the Indian author or like the like African author or like they have to then encompass this like sense. They have to be representative of, 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 of the people that they are coming from, even if they don't necessarily have connection to that, even if they're not necessarily writing about that. And in fact, a lot of things that do get accepted are only those types of things. So the the, the classics that come from black authors must be about blackness in some way, or it's interaction with American society or something like that. Like you don't just get people reading a, book uh, you know a short character piece book about uh, about about black characters or something no. like that you don't you don't you don't get small stake stuff it has to be the, all, all like the, like these race defining books yeah. or these uh population defining books and it fucking sucks because oh yeah to be, yeah, be very clear it sucks like it's it, ridiculous it it's fucking suck it's like so outstandingly in i don't want to say insane because i don't want to i don't like using that term negatively sure. but like so outstandingly absurd that um it it would be any different for any type of author like i think who fears death is a fan is a fantastic book that mm-hmm. and i also think that fantasy should be taught in schools as well i think like in in this kind of genre i i think that if it's if, if any book is strong enough, it should be talked about in my you know, in my in, in my stupid uh, you know like like uh, yeah. you know uh, uh, in a vacuum opinion, but yeah, it never happens that way. Yeah, I think that the books that a lot of the books that are were taught in in high school and in college. I mean, it, my freshman year, my freshman year professor of col- in college uh, really made sure that we had a great a great span of mm-hmm. authors authorship and. Uh, people of color and everything like and everything in between like yeah. we had such an immense and such uh, a great spread of books that and short stories that we read 
that it really opened my eyes to being like, oh, fuck, my school sucked. Like, yeah. my high school <laughs> yeah. sucked. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure that there are, are plenty of schools that also Suck, and the thing too, but the thing is also that like you get, like, you can have one good uh, teacher. Uh, you can have one, like, and, and it sucks that like well, I, I want to keep, I want to stop saying that, but like it, the unfortunate part of it is that like you need to find exceptions to the rule to help guide you through, as opposed to actually you know having these natural paths to read something besides uh, yeah. you know, the white male dominated uh, uh, series. Um, and, and, and obviously that's part of why we're talking about this because like you don't auto, you don't always realize it as it's happening, especially if it's just how, um, a genre that you read presents itself or how like you just get into, uh, I, I was using the term silos earlier because the thing that happens is a lot of times you get recommended a book by a particular author. Um, yeah. and then once you read them, usually him, you then find start finding like the oh if you like this you'd like this but it doesn't usually jump across like gender or or racial lines it, it tends to stay uh, among that like for example um if you've read dave eggers you might like jonathan saffron foer or you might like jonathan franzen no one should like jonathan franzen but you get my point <laughs> um like, like, like you get into the into these like in, in like once you read one then all of the alikes start to kind of seem alike it's yeah like- yeah you you're, you're going and, over and, and over again, and it's very difficult. Uh, no, not, not very difficult, but like, um, even though you are just trying to keep reading stuff that you find interesting yourself, like you do find yourself getting into reading uh, books by the same author, uh, same type of author over and over again, because that's how recommendations often work too. Because in publishing, uh, the most popular, as far as sales and promotions and things like that goes, not necessarily the will of the people, um, is are, are largely white, white male authors, um, yeah. and so. Once you read something that's super popular by one, you're often going to uh, shift right into the other. I mean, being someone who works in publishing, yeah, which for some reason I didn't even think was an important aspect to this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, first we've brought that up ever before, or at no. least very rarely before. Um, we, I, I did a couple of panels with women in with women in MBA programs, and. Mm. Um, with about female authorship and it was amazing. Have we had five women on this panel that were ranging from um, people of color to the LGBTQ group to Mm -hmm. like, like it was just, it was such a beautiful family that was like sitting on this panel and we got to talk about women in higher education, either Mm -hmm. whether or not that be people like, women who were um, actually getting their MBA or women who were teaching or anything like that. It was just women in higher education. And we were talking about case studies that were being done, that were being shown to these uh, classrooms. And it was said that there were were 5% of protagonists in case studies were women. Which is fucking awful. Oh, yeah, for sure. 5% were protagonists. Yeah. And there were, I think there are around 8% of women, just 8 or 10% of women in case studies in general. Mm. And most of them were just like, oh, she, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they, they were there, but they weren't like integral or anything. Exactly. So 
it, it became this constant fight and struggle of, well, how do we make this better as a publisher? Like, what is our role in this? And it went beyond the people that we were bringing in as authorship, but it went to who we were hiring. It has to go to staffing. Yeah. I was going to say like that. That's, that's one of the key components. All publishing is maybe the, yeah. Publishing is definitely more of, it's a female dominated, um, job sector until you get to a certain point. I was say by, by by numbers perhaps, but if you but if you if you wait like influence or whatever you want to say, exactly. then it becomes a lot more so uh, unfortunately like, evened out. Yeah. Yeah, once you get to like a manager position, yeah. then it fucking nosedives. It, yeah. Insanity to me that like how much it nosedives. And it just be, it became super clear. And it was something that the company that I I'm still in publishing, but this is the last company that I was with, um, was really trying to work on was making sure that everything was 50, 50 and, mm-hmm. and also like pay too. Well, that's, yeah, that's obviously yeah. a huge part of it too. And, and that's one of the, I, I don't want to get overly sidetracked, but like that, that's one of the, re- the things about uh, like journalism, for example, um, like, the, uh, like any kind of writing um, in the U S is, you have to have uh, either time or money or both to be able to do these things um, because so many of the jobs either straight out of school or like, you know, like younger entry level positions, uh, you're basically working for less than living wage. Oh, yeah. um, or, or, and that's not including the portion of, the, of your career where you, need to, where you need to be doing unpaid internships uh, to, to get the jobs that you have, which again, weeds out people by the, by the requirement of you have to have some kind of background income or uh, you know, wealth that lets you work for free for a while. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of these industries that are self-selecting whether they, whether they realize it or not. And like, you, you tend to think that uh, it can't all be a coincidence, but you also have to realize how, um, ignorant so many of these people are about things that aren't outside of their own uh, uh, daily lives. Like the biggest issue I I've seen in society in general is that uh, people don't think that any experience that isn't similar to their own um, is a valid one or is, or, or, or is a lot or is a, a believable one even yeah. like, you know, not to get too heavy into uh, like plenty of the uh, Black Lives Matter mo- uh, moments that are happening now, but like, there's also like, for example, a white person that says, "Well, I don't that that can't be how that policeman treated you." I know what I've experienced, mm. um, and 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 so they, there's no validity given to another another point of view, and I think that that's the kind of thing that happens in in in, in the job world too, yeah. because you don't you don't think about it at all. You're like, oh, I'm I'm naturally trying to hire this type of person. I'm trying to create this position where I do this, and you don't realize how the how the constraints, the material constraints that you're that, that you're including, are going to winnow your job pool. Or yeah, your and I, pool. I think that gets taken back into literature as well. You know, where mm. you have like main characters, and a lot of the if even like beyond authors, just like main characters who mm-hmm. um, are predominantly white. And even if they're not even, and I think that one of my biggest issues is that the way that characters are explained is that un- if they are white, they don't explain their skin color, you know? Oh yeah, of course. It's, it's all, it's all about, it's all about exoticism for the other characters. It's, yeah. it's, it's about making the, the, them seem strange and mysterious or, or yeah. intentionally different. And and so there there has to there has to be some sort of 
middle ground as to where like you have to describe both like all characters in the book you know i mean like the the way the way they're uh, a middle ground should be created is that you have uh people that are publishing or or um, looking uh agents for stories and whatnot that that are they're actually uh uh, not just trying to look for people uh, uh, of color or underrepresented groups, but um, are them themselves, and therefore will yeah. more naturally look for, the, for for the for those stories. Like if you have diverse uh, leadership, or if you have diverse review boards and things like that, then you're going to have a lot better of a chance of actually having representative literature, as opposed to just you know, let's look for the next hot. And, and, and let's be very clear here. Like I'm, I'm going to talk shit about some, uh, about some nerd culture stuff and I'll happily own this as, as, as a white man. Like um, w- uh, nerd culture is predominantly white male. Um, and it is absolutely disgusting. The, the, the lengths to some of these people that will go to protect that um, in, in society, like the people that hate Ray Skywalker. And like so many of them are first going to tell them, or sorry, <laughs> Ray uh, Palpatine, I guess uh, like they're, 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 like, they're going to say it's about the, the quality of the characterization. Or not. It's like, well, it often, happens to be that there's certain characters that are targeted for this kind of for this kind of thing um like it's not an attack on white men if you want to involve diversity in your in in your area um white men it's also like almost never an attack on white men well yeah i mean it's not but like if if we're trying to if we're trying to handhold then like let's handhold uh like that's not what this is. It is in fact opening the space up to other people. You will still have a space in this overall space that has been created for you. You will just not be the driving force that does that, that determines everything in this genre. And that is a good thing to have yeah. other outside perspectives is a good thing. They will tell different stories that you wouldn't have heard. They will tell new perspectives so that you get, uh, like plot lines that you weren't aware of before because you've been buried in a certain type of character for a while. These are generally good things and it's not a loss. It it, it is the amount of mediocrity that is in, that is in white, 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 white male literature and fantasy that I've read. Like, dear God guys, like how are you protecting this shit? Like if you, if you want to actually improve quality, then you will open it up to as many people as possible so that the cream of the crop comes through. Like this isn't about uh, keeping, white men in power or diminishing them, them in power is simply making sure they are a voice in the room as opposed to the only voice in the room. Yeah. Uh, I, and- for me, it's like, I, 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 a lot of the time I stopped reading after college just because I was so fucking overwhelmed. Well, you were burnt out, right? Like yeah, you, you, was, you, you, you'd been an English major. Like you, you yeah. read specifically for school. Or yeah. I had been super burnt out. And I remember one of my, my senior year, I took a Bronte's course Mm-hmm. And I it and I wish that I would have taken this course when I was starting out, or like yeah. when I wasn't so like I should read fucking three novels this week. This is dumb. You like, needed to like be invigorated in yes, some way. Like you needed to like actually care about what you were doing. Yeah, especially because the Brontes were like they're they're it, they're dark stories. Like they're sad stories. You're not sure. reading it, and you're like. Whoop-a-doop-a-doop, I can't, like, <laughs> like, yeah, let's go party, you know? Like, yeah. they're fucking sad stories. And and the fact that I was in an entire seminar about the Brontes, uh, I remember reading them just being like, fuck. But it was the only course I took in my entire college career that was only female authors. Yeah. It was the only one. And, and not... And it what it was on purpose. This class was about 
female authors. It, it's uh, this and, part and of those things that is so insane to me that it, you have to have a course about female authors. Otherwise, you won't see them on the, uh, yes. in, in the rest of the courses. How are you not just having courses with female, and, then, and that's and that's the other thing I, w- I want to make sure is understood with all of this. Like when when there's when when there's representation representation that's specifically aimed for in this type of case, for example, you're talking about with female authors, um, or if or if there's some if there's some article or promotion from a publisher that focuses on you know people of color or uh, queer authors or anything that is you know quote unquote outside the norm the normal yeah. thing. Um, then you get people saying like, well, why are you highlighting these people? And it's like, because they aren't talked about otherwise. Like yeah. I can, I, I, I believe, let me, let me look real quick because I'm kind of curious about this. I sent you a list of fantasy books that I, a fantasy yeah. series that I had read. Um, and I pride myself on being pretty good at reading a wide variety of books and i and and, ty- and i try to be uh to be cognizant of the types of authors that i'm reading about uh on a quick count i've got 12 20 like 23 or so uh a series or books on uh, on this list in a very quick count three four four Five books by female authors, or five books or series by female authors, and two by black authors, uh, and they're both the same person, M.K. Jemison. Hmm. So this is what we're talking about, like, like I, I, and and these and these are like, and, and the list I the list I had uh, sent to Danny and uh, is a list of like fantasy classics, like books that everyone yeah. agrees or most most people agree are are important or meaningful books of the genre, and like I just said, like five female authors and two people of color. Um, that's not to say that, the book, that this, this list can't be wildly different or, you know, actually pushing yeah. push the direction of more representation. This was an off the top of my head thing as someone who thinks that he is very well, uh, well, well like deep into this genre. And like those, that's a kind of like representation we're talking about. Yeah. So this is why these things are necessary. This is why you have to have courses about, you know, all yeah. female authors or, the, or why you have to, or why you have to make a mental note to focus on these things. Because if you don't, you get trapped into doing the same thing over and over again. And there's no shade in this. Like it, it, it's like, if I was going to, re- if you're going to read a book a year, uh, sorry, book a year. A book. Good, good, good I mean, honestly, you. but honestly though, if you do read a book a year, good for you. There's no shame here. Yeah. yeah there be, is no shame right. because there were a couple of years where I was only reading a book a year mm-hmm. and there were normally rereads and I did not feel better about myself to the point where I had to create a drinking podcast about books to, <laughs> to make, you, to make so, you read more. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, there is no, there is no judgment in, in here because like I, I also went through a, a similar phase. It was yeah. mostly like uh, between undergrad and in the, in the grad school uh, for me, it was like three or three or four years or so. That was yeah. No, like dry times. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, the, the, like the, if, if you can read good for you, like regardless, but like if you are going to read at any kind of volume, like I, 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 in the past I've made a book a week, my, my, my goal, it's nothing it is nothing off your back to say, you know what, out of these 52 books, I'm going to make sure 10 are by people of color. Yeah. Or I'm going to make sure that 10 are by, 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 by queer authors. Or I'm going to make sure that there's some combination by which that, that takes me through at least half of my books. Um, and, and you get like, 
there's no reason not to in so many of these cases. Like, they, like there's no reason to read fantasy and not have read N.K. Jemison. And now you've got like I read I just read a series by um S A Chakrabadi. I'm I'm probably mispronouncing that name. Um, like there's other authors to read. Like you can read noir um and read fucking um Mosley and read Himes. Like there's there's other authors that you can get into in the in the in these cases. Um, and so it requires being conscious of it. It requires actually realizing that if I just kind of do things normally, the way that general trends of popularity and sales and whatnot, they will lead me to write mail, white mails yeah. almost every single time, especially because the jobs in, in journalism are, are white male driven in publishing are white male driven. Um, and so the people that are going to talk about these books are also coming from the perspective of talking about white men, male books. And like, you can have people that are allies in here. You can have people that are making that a much better space. It's not to, to shade every single person that's doing that, but like, it's naturally going to take you in that direction. And the, a big part of this is just realizing that so that you can make some kind of break yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that is everything that needed to be said. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Fuck this. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Recording, so I think we're all, I think we're all good now. <laughs> No, I, 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 I think, I think that honestly, like the, the message to, to anyone would just be like, be aware, like be self-aware, like be, like be, yeah. you know, realize what you're reading and realize the ways in which you might make minor changes or minor goal and, changes that could lead you a different direction. And also be okay with having conversations with people and not knowing what to say. And then maybe yeah, saying, the, but also it. maybe saying the wrong thing, but being okay with being corrected, you yeah. know, we're like, you just these are the times to have conversations where everyone it's an uncomfortable time and it's an uncomfortable conversation and like having these moments of vulnerability and just like opening your up opening yourself up to it and then getting recommendations of what you should be reading what you should be doing and everything like that and just being super open is something that's super super helped me to mm-hmm. realize my own unconscious unconscious biases and yeah, and, and just being like ready to change. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll end this by uh, by voluntarily drinking because I'm going to bring up Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, there's a quote from from George R. R. Martin. He was he was being interviewed by someone, um, and he nice get it. He was asked like, "How do you make these uh, female characters so so real and so like you know vital vital to the story? Like how how do you how do you write women like this?" And he's like, "Well, I think it's important." that when you're writing female characters, you treat them as people. Oh, fuck. Oh, that and that, and, 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 and go figure. That is pretty much the solution to all of this. Treat other, treat other authors, treat other characters, treat other perspectives as if they were people, as opposed to, uh, you know, shoehorning your own bullshit in there. Yeah. Treat them, yeah. treat, treat them as if they were their own, as opposed to, uh, they're there for you. Fuck. Yeah. All right. <laughs> pieces <laughs> that was more of a that was more of a rock side whatever <laughs> yeah we're done here <laughs>